You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. The first Tuesday in the month of March, I think. Is that the way that works? Yeah, first Tuesday in the month of March. It is 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, which means it is a live Blog and the Boys roundtable. You can watch us live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can, of course, catch the rewatch at your own convenience or listen to this show on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. My name is RJ Cho, and I have literally been slacking, taking some weeks off here on the Blog and the Boys roundtable. We are spreading the wealth, having different people sit in the host chair. The last one to do it is the first roundtabler with us tonight. Tony, you messed up my chair, my seat, all the controls and everything. It feels all awkward. You changed the 10 and 2 position that I have going on. Tony Catalina. Everybody, you can hear him on Mondays on First and Ten on the Blog of the Boys podcast network and read him at blogandtheboys.com. Tony, what do you have to say for yourself? I'll say what? It's a, it's a lot less pressure on this side of it, so I gained a lot more respect for your position after last week. Mm, okay, so you don't have any apologies for changing my comfortable chair settings. Listen, you know, the driver got to get comfortable regardless. Uh, Tony, are you a recliner person? Do you have a recliner at your, in your home? Very much so. Yeah, I love my recliner. I- I can see you being like a recliner and a blanket cuddling up uh, with your dog. I can see that being your, your normal kind of uh, Friday night, um, so to speak. Uh, Chris Holling, thank you for joining us. Chris, you and I did an Instagram live earlier. Everybody go follow Chris on Instagram, Dallas Cowboy Squad. I asked you what you were going to have for dinner before the roundtable at the end of that, Chris. I don't know if you've eaten. Have you eaten? And if so, what did you eat? I have. I went with the over-reliable Easy McDonald's. Not the healthiest, but... It was good. So I'm ready to win tonight because of that. Not a sponsor or anything. Like we don't have a fast food sponsor, but McDonald's kind of sucks. Like I I would go a lot of places before I went to McDonald's. Um just like in my hey, Big Mac life. is one of the best fast food burgers, in my opinion. Can't That's, go wrong with honestly, it. Honestly, I mean like literally maybe the worst thing you've ever said that I've been around <laughs> for. But um, uh, but whatever. Uh our reigning round table champion LP Cruz came in at the eleventh hour, literally in our Slack, said, Hey, you guys round table tonight, and LP, you are here to defend your crown. How proud are you? I mean, I keep it humble, man. Keep it humble. But I'm I'm glad okay. to be here, guys. Just for having me again. Uh is that a USC sweater? I couldn't tell. Um it, it is. Fight on. Okay. Advocating for Jordan Addison, it seems, here uh, on the roundtable. Oh, yeah. LP Hometown hero. Here right on. Uh, we've got Brandon Clements. Tonight will be known as Brandon. Don't have to differentiate B1 or B2. Uh, wearing the green Syracuse hoodie. Brandon, is that a St. Patrick's Day situation you got going on here? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's my, it's my, I won't be on the next couple of weeks. So, you know, I had to get it on before St. Patrick's Day. So I had to rock it. You know, none of us are aware that you're a Syracuse fan, Brandon. You do a great job of hiding that and uh, keeping it to yourself. So, um, you know, go. Uh, I think it's ironic that you would have a green Syracuse sweater specifically because of the mascot. Like, it's not like the Trojans. You know what I mean? It's like literally the mascot is a color and you're wearing a different color. So it's just kind of, you know, it is what it is. Hey, hey, we, we love we. Hey, we're, we're big Irish up here. We have a lot of great, uh, great local uh, venues for uh, for your drinkers out there. So, so come check out Tip Hill whenever you get up this way. 
All right. Um, on the subject of Irish, I have never seen the Irish man. Danny Phantom, you are our final roundtabler here tonight. Have you devoted the four and a half hours or whatever it is for the Netflix special? I did see it, but don't ask me anything about it because it took me a couple days to get through it. So I don't even remember much about it. There were some suggested, like, here's how to watch The Irishman as a miniseries, uh, like, list. I remember when it came out, and it was like, you know, stop it at this point or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you also came in at the 11th hour, Danny, and I told you to scroll up and read everything we're going to talk about tonight. Have you done that, or are you flying in completely unprepared? I saw something about tight ends, and that's all I know, RJ. Sorry. Uh, right on. Well, Kevin is with us in the chat, says, hey, guys, what is up, Kevin? What is up to Rick or Kalani? Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He says, hi, guys, with the waving emoji. We are going to talk about tight ends in case anybody missed it. Today on Tuesday, both Todd McShay from ESPN and Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Obviously, a lot of Cowboys fans know Dane from the draft show. Uh, both of them mocked Utah tight end. Dalton Kincaid to the Dallas Cowboys with the 26th overall pick. Uh, a lot of aggregation happened around this. Our own Dave Halpern wrote about it at the site at bloggingtheboys.com. And needless to say, there are a lot of Cowboys fans, Tony, running around like SpongeBob and Patrick. No, no, no. I don't want a tight end, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's kind of start the conversation off this way. Do we really think the Cowboys are going to draft a tight end in the first round? We don't have to say it a million times. We all anticipate Dalton Schultz to walk in free agency. So let's assume we are in a Schultzless world. Yeah, I do think there's some real validity there, especially because of the people who are talking about. Um, I Last year, I didn't know how real the Tyler Smith talk was until it happened, but it seemed to be people really jumped on that early. Whatever the, the Cowboys organization are doing to tip their hand with some of the interest and in the people they like, um, the guys that do this and do this for a living um, are right on the money last year. And, and that kind of tells me now, as we creep closer to the draft, this might be real. So I think this is the first time we've actually saw that. And I'd be interested to see how these other mock drafts progress and we could really see a pattern here and um i didn't really have that on my bingo card for a first round pick but it looks very real at this time so i think if it, the question is do you believe it you, you do tony i do believe it yeah because of the people who are talking about it, i absolutely believe it okay chris you are passionate about this it seems do you buy this <laughs> um honestly i think it kind of depends on what happens in free agency but you know it's you know it's different because the draft happens after free agency but I, I really don't buy it. I don't see a, a first-round prospect really at the tight end position that I would love the Cowboys to select. I think that there's other needs like cornerback, wide receiver, who would be a smarter pick for the Cowboys. Um, if we were going to do anything with that first-round pick involving tight ends, it would be trading for a veteran one, in my opinion. That's what I would rather do, maybe a Kyle Pitts or maybe even a Mark Andrews or someone someone who could impact right now. You know, you know, like you sent the graphic earlier this morning, first-round, you know, you know, first round tight ends don't really produce like that in their first season. That the the best one was Kyle Pitts. So I'm I don't know. I'm not really that you know on board with uh, with uh, selecting a tight end in the first round. You mentioned uh, the graphic I sent. This is courtesy of our friends at True Media. This is actually all rookie tight ends since 2000, uh, the year 2000 specifically. Um, the only one to have a thousand, at least a thousand receiving yards in a single season was Kyle Pitts in 2021. Obviously, there was some chatter back then. Obviously, a lot of us wanted the Cowboys to draft him. Thankfully, it went the way it did with Micah Parsons. But um, Danny, I'll come to you. Is can you remember a rookie tight end uh, that that impressed you? I mean, this list is, you know, again, I mean, just in 
descending order. Kyle Pitts, Jeremy Shockey, Jordan Matthews, Evan Ingram, uh, John Carlson, Timothy Wright. There was some fun stuff there. Aaron Hernandez, that was obviously the great 2010 year for New England. Noah Fant kind of recently. Uh, Mark Andrews with the Ravens. Gronk right there, again, as mentioned. Like, it is hard to find a tight end that contributes right away, Danny Fant. No, I, it is. And I uh, actually, to be quite honest, I didn't even realize, I think Pitts had quietly, I didn't even realize he had that many yards. I know that he he hardly got found the end zone. So everybody was disappointed that um, drafted him high in the fantasy drafts um, his rookie season. But uh, I, you know, you know, it's one of those positions that your know, tight ends, they they do ask you to block. I mean, they, that is part of their job. And I think there's, there's a learning curve there. And that's why I don't think you can see you know, immediate, you know, contribution. I mean, look at our guy Schultz here. I mean, we didn't sell hardly nothing of him until year three, as far as, you know, anything in the receiving game. So I don't know. I, I think that's, I don't think there's any validity to this. I think that's, that's silly. Um, I think, I think you see this, people start mocking players to, to based on needs and the Cowboys. Yeah. We're going to lose Schultz. So obviously that's an easy one. I love Dalton Kincaid. I, I've like looked at maybe 40 players so far and I love Dalton Kincaid. I mean, I would love for the Cowboys to get him, but at 26, hmm, no, I mean, I, I don't, that's, it's kind of almost like running back in the sense of like, it's just not a position of value to where you, yeah, you wouldn't mind having Bajon Robinson, but at, I don't want to use my first round pick on that. Well, it's like you said, Danny. I mean, like, yeah, tight ends are valuable in, in the, as, a, as a pass blocker or a run blocker, obviously, but you're not drafting an offensive lineman. Like, you're, you're drafting somebody to, to score, somebody to get in the end zone, somebody to pick up yards and help you move your offense. Uh, Brandon, Danny mentioned Dalton Schultz and how he didn't really have an impact until year three. It was only because Blake Jarwin tore his ACL that opened the door for Dalton Schultz, obviously, in that 2020 season. Blake Jarwin, the Cowboys found, is an undrafted free agent. Dalton Schultz, who again came out of nowhere as a surprise to be a huge contributor for them, was a fourth-round pick. Obviously, Jake Ferguson last year, fourth-round pick. Peyton Hendershot, undrafted free agent. Like, the big names that we've seen in the post-Jason Witten world have not been first-round picks, Brandon. Like, why are we entertaining this idea that the Cowboys now have to spend the most premium draft capital they have on the tight end position? It's smokescreen season. That's what it comes down to. Mm. It's, it, that's, that's how I look at it. It's, you know, this is, it always happens this time of year. Certain players are getting linked up to certain teams. You know, and, and I agree with Danny. I mean, Kincaid's a, he's a good prospect, but this is too rich. I think there's other positions in need that are uh, much more important. And if you want to go with another fourth round tight end, I got a guy in the fourth or even the fifth round you might be able to get him is uh, Payne Durham out of Purdue. That's one of my guys. You know, I watched him against my Syracuse Orange, and he just he just destroyed the Syracuse Orange. And I went back and watched a lot of his tape, and he's he's a heck of a player. And I think you can get him in the you know in the, you could easily get him in the fourth round, even the, even the fifth round. And you're not so again, you could still attack certain needs that you, you know that we you know that we need to see the Cowboys attack like cornerback, wide receiver. You know, I, I'm sticking to my guns on this. You know, I want to see a cornerback and a receiver taken. It doesn't matter which order; it just depends on who's there, first and second round. That's just the way. That's where I'm looking at at, at the board. You know, and 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 uh, Antonio, I was looking at uh, Joey Porter Jr. I, I've been seeing some more mocks inside the top ten, so I think my pipe dream of getting Joey Porter is not looking less and less. But there's some quality corners that are that are you know they're going to be at the back end of the draft, and then uh, we you know we got Addison out of USC for a receiver. I think that's like a guy to keep an eye on. I'm seeing him, he's a little bit, you know, he's he's high teens, low 20s from what I'm seeing. So, I mean, you know, he could slip. The Cowboys could maybe move up. I mean, it, there's 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 options there. But a tight end right now, you know, in the you know in the first round, it's pick 26. No, thank you. I'll pass. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll take my chances in the later rounds. And if worst case scenario, you know, there's not a player to take in the draft at tight end, then why not just, you know, you know we have Ferguson, we have, 
Um, McEwen, we have uh, Hendershot, which, like you said, fourth-round pick and two undrafted guys. I, I'd, I'd be okay with those guys at the end of the day if we could upgrade the other positions that are more important at this point. Well, and I would say the most hyped tight end on the Dallas Cowboys that wasn't Jason Witten in recent memory was a sixth-round pick, Enrico Gathers. So you don't have to be um, like a top-of-the-line dude to you know have a lot of people excited about you. Uh, LP, when you did kind of refresh yourself on what we were going to chat about, you took a look at one of the graphic I sent. Again, shout-out to True Media for this. I wanted to see how rookie tight ends fared for Mike McCarthy, obviously um, in his time as a play caller with the Green Bay Packers. So what you're looking at if you're watching on YouTube is all of the rookie tight ends that Mike McCarthy McCarthy had uh, during his time in Green Bay, which was 2006 through 2018. And LPU said, I would love a Jermichael Finley. Now, the Packers took Finley in the third round in 2008. That was the same draft that Dallas found Martellus Bennett in, who has actually been the most productive rookie tight end that the Cowboys have had in recent memory. He has the most touchdowns of any rookie Cowboys tight end since 2000 with four. Um, but that being said, like, do you see anything here, LP, that you're like, oh, okay, bet. Mike McCarthy has to replicate that guy that season here in 2023 with the Cowboys. Absolutely not. And we can look at this list alone and kind of consider that. But think about all the investments the team has made in tight ends in recent years or older years before that. And then think about the league at large. I think about guys that go in the first round that don't have the value that you take them for. Think about a Hayden Hurst. Think about an Evan Ingram. They don't blossom to so much later on down the line that – the juice isn't worth the squeeze at that point. So I wouldn't do it at all. And I really, like Brandon had said, I'm thinking receiver. I'm thinking uh, cornerback. There's so many other things you can do. Edge rusher, maybe. A lot of different options. I'd rather have an edge rusher versus having a tight end. And it's just, it's the investment is not worth like the payoff. So I wouldn't do it again. Look at the entire NFL. Look at a team like the Patriots, who invested heavily in tight ends in free agency, and it backfired. Again, you wait, you wait, you wait. You get your more pressing needs. And I understand how the mock drafts work. You lose a guy, we gain a guy in the mock drafts, hence the whole Bijan mocks. But again, the positional value does not add up to 26 for me. So please, please pass on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to come for Todd McShay, but he had B. Uh, B. John Robinson going to the Eagles at 10, and even that kind of feels a little bit unlikely. It feels like the Eagles are a little bit too smart for that. Um, again, Todd McShay's awesome, just noting uh, the points you made about mock drafts in general, LP. Um, Tony, you're kind of the one dude that is like, I don't know, man. Like, I could t- I could kind of see this. The rest of us are like, this is dumb. This is silly. Um, so do you feel like you're on an island, Tony Kettleman? No, I, I want to clarify my comment on that. It's, uh, you walk it's back, not what respect. I would do. No, I, it's it's not at all what I would do. Like I said, I'm I'm indifferent about it. I think there is much more better opportunity to other positions that need to fill the need. I'm just saying I felt the exact same way about Tyler Smith, thinking there's no way the Cowboys going to take a first-round offense. line. not going to take Tyler Smith. There's better guys out there. Look what's on the board. And they took Tyler Smith. So whether that's a Cowboys issue or an us issue, these teams and the, these mock draft guys are figuring out what the Cowboys want to do. And this is the first time that we've seen this. And if it continues to progress until we get late into April and we're see, still seeing the tight end trend, I'm, I'm reluctant to believe that there may be some smoke with that fire or vice versa. Tony, Kevin <laughs> um, offered you five points for the take, but minus five for waffling at the end. Um, I wasn't falling on that it? sword. That's not what I want to do. It's not, you know what I mean? This is what I think is maybe why it's saying I am a hundred percent on board with the cornerback wide receiver. That's been crystal clear in all of my mock drafts that I posted on the site. I just think if the, mo- most of these guys are saying this, there may be some validity there until I'm proven otherwise. So you don't view yourself as waffling as, as, as I guess what you're saying. Not at all. I just had to clarify okay. my point because it can get lost on the show. 
Um, I don't think that I would never let that happen. Um, just to be clear. So, uh, Danny Vance, thank you for the super chat. Vance, uh, says, do the examples of Kelsey Kittle and Waller sway your views on the tight end value? Now, Danny, I wrote about this subject. Um, the article will come out probably on Wednesday, um, at the site. And here's the thing, like, I hate the term win now, Danny Phantom, but the Cowboys are kind of there, right? Like if we have to apply that label, they, they're here, right? Like the goal is to win the Super Bowl or as best they can in 2023. And while let's just say Dalton Kincaid could turn into the type of tight end that we've seen Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle become throughout their NFL careers. The likelihood of that happening or the likelihood of getting that sort of production, their rookie season is very, very, very low. So it does feel like it would not necessarily be the best utilization of resources for what you're trying to accomplish in what might be the final year of the Mike McCarthy era. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I want to kind of defend a little bit with, I want to do some waffling myself and I want to defend this. I because I, I, I think that you know that Dalton Kincaid at 26 is too rich for me, but I want to throw this out there. You know, the Cowboys love to get the best player at, at certain positions in the draft, they have a history of doing that. And while I don't view Kincaid as that player, although he is he's one of my favorites, I do think if you look at a player like Michael Mayer, who who is in, he's got the athleticism and the size to where he could be. I can see if there's any tight end in this group. Well, actually, the Georgia guy too. But if there's any tight end from this group that could be a planet player, like you know, because you know he draws comparisons to Gronk, you know, quite a bit because of just his size and athleticism. Uh, and if the Cowboys have an opportunity to get cute and try to hack the draft by going after one of those players, that why are they there at 26? I could see that happening. I don't know if Kincaid is that guy, where it could be a a, you know, a player like Mayer. So I'm not, I wouldn't rule it out because the Cowboys, they, they put on their fancy pants, you know, in the draft and they love to get the best of something. And, you know, a player like Mayer, you know, could fall into that category. So a little bit of waffling there to different player, but you know, it could happen. Mm. Uh, Kevin did give you five points. Danny has 13 points at the moment, just so we're clear. LP has 10. Uh, Chris, you have seven. Tony and Brandon, you guys are riding caboose with six points apiece. Uh, Tony, you would have had 11, but you had the five deducted or deducted from you. Um, you know, the <laughs> the waffling issue uh, that kind of inspired this whole conversation. Chris, one word. If the Cowboys take a tight end, I realize this is a general statement, but if they take a tight end at 26, you will feel what? Maybe that's the word. Uh, indifferent, I guess. Confused. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, no, I don't know. I just, you know, I, you know, I hate to be waffling too, but the more we're talking about this, like I'm kind of, I think the Cowboys need to go for whoever's the best player available on the board. I think that they're in a win now situation and they need to get immediate impact. And I know we're talking about positional values and what's good in the first round, what's not. You know, I think it kind of comes down to, you know, kind of like the C.D. Lamb and, and um, a Kilvon chase on situation we saw. Like, we needed chase on a lot more needs-wise, but it's a good thing that we pit C.D. Lamb. He impacted us mu- much more than chase on would have. So I'm kind of like I, – I really just think it depends – how the draft board is looking at pick 26. Like if we passed on a really good corner or a really, or a really good wide receiver, then I'd be feeling a little bit, you know, why I, you know, but if it's, if, if Kincaid's there and he's clearly the best option or if, or if, or if the, um, or if Darnell Washington's there or the Notre Dame tight end, like I'm, I'm very okay with it if it's the best player on the board. So I've kind of, I've kind of waffled too a little bit, but I don't know. I'm kind of convincing myself that it could be an option. 
Um, Kevin notes that today's sponsor looks like it is Waffle House. Now, Danny, you have self-proclaimed waffled. Chris, you have self-proclaimed waffled. Tony, you got credit for waffling uh, from these guys, even though you were very staunch in the fact that you did not waffle. So uh, he, Tony he doesn't want to be waffle. Right. Tony want, doesn't want to be associated with the waffling that is happening here. Um, I guess, Brandon LP, do either one of you want to waffle? Like, are you or do either one of you have some pride in your original statements? Like, what's the deal here? Does anybody have any conviction? Brandon? No, Me. no waffling here. No waffling Me. here. I love, hey, I love a good waffle. All right. I love a good waffle, but I'm not waffling. I want a cornerback receiver. Uh, first two picks. I don't even want to. I the so, one word to describe a tight end is yuck. Okay, so then it is. Around. I got a different word. Failure is really a dramatic go. way to. So you guys agree? It's no matter. It's really difficult to spin a tight end in the first round. Understanding there's some context that would be necessary. The board, how things win, et cetera, et cetera. Like understanding all the common sense variables. Brandon LP, you're both in agreement that a tight end at 26 is an unideal result. Don't do it. So okay. Yep. If, if you make okay, so he said yuck. My other word rhymes with it, but I can't say it here. <laughs> so wow, why LP would wants you to do defend it? this title? Okay, well I mean, why would you do it? So I'm gonna add the tight end again. The tight end is a good prospect. I'm with Dan on that one. He's correct. Phantom man, you are correct. It's a very good prospect. But I'm gonna add the tight end to the room that has McKeon, Ferguson, and our other guy Hendershot. Hendershot. So I got four tight ends. So I'm gonna have. I'm gonna take a tight end tops while having a running back on a tag while still having a major hole at wide receiver while still having question marks about Michael Gallup. I'm going to do all that and say, mm, you know what? Let me just take a tight end in the first round because he's the best guy at this spot. We just talked about how disposable the, the position is and has been in the entire league, but I'm going to do it because well, he's the best guy on the board. I got to do it. What sense does that make to you guys? Honestly, like, 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 think it through for a second. Does it make any particular sense knowing that I may have to address receiver with a second round pick, a guy that may like may not be ready to play right now? Mm. Tony, um, talk to me, man. I don't get enough. It. Um, Tony, I feel like I understand your position the least here when you were accused to be the original waffle. Uh, Brandon and LP seem very, very strong in the I don't want anything to do with this path, whereas Danny and Chris are a little bit more open to it. Um, you have assessed that you think the Cowboys are at least open to it, but what does Tony Catalina want? What What is beating in your uh, aortic pump right now? Yeah, I think that's the problem. I answered the question too literally. I think that it's possible to them. It's not ideal in my mind. It's not anything that I am, am clamoring for. It's probably the fifth option Is that I would say in the first. It's it's something with a knock in it. I'll tell you that. It's it's uh, it's not you quite. Took LP's joke. It might, that's a it might be suck. Yeah, no. So uh, I mean, the way it looks at for me, it's yes. I've been very clear. I want a wide receiver. I want a cornerback. I would even take an offensive lineman here. I mean that. And then talking about tight end. I, I'm all in favor. I mean, the reason, one of the good reasons why I feel I'm okay with Dalton Schultz leaving is because I'm excited about the prospects of Jake Ferguson. So why would I bring in a guy who is going to, you know, we know how they feel about draft picks and giving them force feeding them time. Like, I want to see what Ferguson has. Travis Kelsey even said that he thinks he's one of the next guys that is up. I'm excited about the prospects of that happening. So, um, yeah, my question is, or my answer was to answer the question literally, but I am not in on, on board with the tight end. And But I'm saying it's very plausible for me to see the Cowboys do it because that's just how they operate sometimes. All right. So an update after our tight end discussion, and I guess um, like waffle or d'oeuvres, LP in the lead with 15 points. We have Danny Phantom and Tony at 13 points, Chris and Brandon at 12 points. Does anybody feel like this is an unfair representation of how, the way things have gone so far tonight? 
<laughs> okay. Oh, uh, well, that's that's well said. Um, okay, this one's kind of a quick one, uh, but worth mentioning because it's fun. Um, and I don't know how much um, Connor and Joey are going to touch on it on tomorrow's show. But earlier today on Tuesday, um, the New York Giants came to terms on a long-term agreement with quarterback Daniel Jones. They did not have to place the franchise tag on him. They did wind up placing it on Saquon Barkley. So that's two running backs within the division. Obviously, Tony Pard being the other. Josh Jacobs got tagged. So the Cowboys, one of three teams to place the tag on the running back position. Uh, but Daniel Jones, Danny Phantom, getting paid $40 million a year for four years, the exact same way that Dak Prescott is. Um, Danny, how do you think the people who thought the Dak deal was a bad one feel right now? Well, I don't know because a lot of people that thought it was a bad deal probably don't have a lot of confidence in Dak. So I don't know. I, I can't speak to what they feel, but I'll tell you what, I mean, we all knew this was coming is it's just a matter of time and how, you know, Prescott's going to be one of the you know, biggest bargains in, in football. And I think that when you see a, a player like Jones going to be making 40 million per year, I mean, there's, there's, there's several other too. I mean, like I think Stafford's at 40 million too. And then you got Kyler Murray, that's 5 million over there. There's, and then of course, Deshaun Watson's more, I and mean, it's just crazy. So it, I think it just should tell us that we should not get upset about, a you know, a quarterback that's making that kind of money if they are a good quarterback And Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. So, I think it's fun. I'm glad that Jones is sticking around. It's almost like Eli, you know, you don't want him to retire. So it's like, come on, bring him back, sign him up for more, you know, and the fact that he's going to, you know, take some of that cap space, it just, that just makes me feel even better. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is the, that's the price of a quarterback. It's just how it is. This is the, the nature of the beast. You just, there's no, you, there's no, you don't get to decide, you know, a lesser value because he's not quite as good. That's just how it works. So, I know it makes me feel pretty good. I, I would love to see the Cowboys lock up Dak even more and make me feel even better. So we can look like if you start looking at Mahomes' contract every year, that thing just looks so sweet, you know, what they're paying for him. So, I mean, sign sign him up and just um, keep him on your roster long term. And, and then you can just feel good while all the other new quarterbacks are making more. Well said. Um, our friends at Pride of Detroit, I assume this is Jeremy Reisman, uh, chiming in in the comment section, said, miss you, RJ. I do a show with Jeremy every Monday. I wasn't there because I had jury duty. Um, if anybody likes um, anything we do, they should check out Pride of Detroit. Obviously, Detroit Lions coverage. They do an incredible job. The best Lions site on the internet. But, uh, Tony, I know this is near and dear to your heart. If anybody likes our Madden stuff that we do here on the YouTube channel, the simulations and all that stuff, uh, we 100% ripped that idea off of Pride of Detroit. So uh, that was their thing first, uh, and we completely and totally stole it. Uh, so everybody subscribe to the Pride of Detroit YouTube channel, but go subscribe on Twitch. They have an incredible Twitch presence. Uh, they're our great friends. Uh, Chris Halling, I, uh, back to the Daniel Jones thing. This broke while you and I were on Instagram Live earlier today. Um, do you think it's funny that he is now being paid, Daniel is at least what Dak is, and that all the Dak people now have to kind of like, recognize that they were wrong and dumb and that they argued for nothing because this was always going to be the case. And here we are. I do think it's funny because really when you look at it, I mean, Daniel Jones this season threw for 15 touchdowns last season, he threw for 10 touchdowns. And the year before that he threw for 11 touchdowns. And that's a guy making the same amount of money as Dak Prescott. I mean, if you look at all these quarterbacks who are on contracts, um, Daniel Jones is making 40 million a year. Matt Stafford is making 40 million a year. Derek Carr is making 37.5 million a year. 
37.5 million a year. Geno Smith just signed a three-year 105 million you know, deal. The Cowboys have the best bargain of all of those players because Dak is clearly heads and shoulders above all of those quarterbacks. And it's looking like a good contract at this point. And I think that it's just awesome. And I think it's fair to point out too that Daniel Jones is one in five in his career against the Cowboys. And that one was against Andy Dalton. So I feel really good about this contract situation now, and I think that people need to stop acting like that Dak contract is bad in any way because it's just going to keep aging as Jalen Hurts gets paid, as Justin Herbert gets paid, as Joe Burrow gets paid, all these quarterbacks. It's just going to keep looking sweeter and sweeter. LP, do you think we're too hard on Daniel Jones? Is he maybe a little bit better than we you know, kind of joke around and make him out to be? Maybe just a little bit? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he improved. I, I do think he improved. I think he limited mistakes, but I also think his development or his resurgence, quote unquote, came alongside Saquon Barkley getting better. So it's kind of like the synonymous relationship between those two or symbiotic, if you will. So I think that's kind of where this is, but I don't even think about the that comparison with the, the contract. Weird. But if anything, I think it's more, more so about the Zeke uh, parallel and in the sense of you take a player that high in the draft, you have to kind of believe in the player and you have to ride it out with the player. And so I think a lot of teams do this. They try to justify their picks by paying the guy another contract, even though it may not be the most sensible thing to do. And would I pay Dan Jones $40 million? No, I wouldn't do it. But because you drafted him high, he supplanted Eli Manning. You feel like you have to do this and have to pay them. And they did it. And guess what? One in five versus the Cowboys. So I think it speaks to what teams do in certain spots. It speaks to teams that feel like they have to do things based on their prior decisions. And I think, hey, 40 mils is still for Dak Prescott, but 40 mils is a grip for Daniel Jones. So hats off to you guys. Sunk fallacy cost um, is a real thing. Uh, Brandon, are you happy to see Daniel Jones sticking around? They also kept Saquon Barkley. Like, they're keeping the core. I think that, you know, for a long time, the Giants have just been an easy two wins. At the very least, they're a competitive bunch that are going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I, I don't hate Daniel Jones as much as a lot of people do. I, I think... I think the $40 million, I think it's just, it's the Giants. Like, I think they have a good feeling on that he's going to keep getting better with Brian Dable as head coach and Mike Kafka as the offensive coordinator. And I, and he had his best career, uh, best year of his career this past season with the combination of Dable and, and, and Kafka. So to me, it feels like he's, you know, they, they feel like he's on an upper trajectory. And if you can get him at $40 million, that's, you know, just like we're talking about the DAT contract being at $40 million, that sounds like a bargain that Daniel Jones could possibly be bargained. You know, that's that, I mean, that's the way they're thinking. If they feel like he's their franchise quarterback, why not get him for 40 million and just let it, let it ride. And I would say this, you know, for bargain purposes, I mean, Josh Allen's making 43 and Patrick Holmes is making 45. So I think, I think the bills and chiefs are happy with uh, their investments in the quarterback. So we'll see what happens with Daniel Jones at, at 40. I, I, again, he's not that great against the Cowboys, but I think the giants are, I hate to say it, they're on their way up and, and $10 million for Saquon Barkley on the tag. I think that's a good number for them. So, hey, more competition for the Cowboys in 2023. Tony, do you have anything to say? Anything at all? Yeah, I think um, I understand how the market value of a quarterback works. So I don't even fret over these contracts, right? This is just the cost of doing business. And really, when you're the drop. Giants, okay. you know, when you're the Giants, you, you, this is, you're, in a, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place where, okay, if you don't pay Daniel Jones, you've got to start back over and you've got to hope you hit well in the draft and you've got to find a quarterback to come in and, and kind of, 
yeah, the, the goal and people love to live on a rookie deal for a quarterback, but does it set you back? Does it, does it help you? I guess the, the problem is, do you think Daniel Jones can finally take a leap? I mean, he did have a good year in his first year with Brian Dayball. Maybe that's a, a mirage, right? Maybe that's not real, but they're in a tough place where like, okay, we can start over or we can pay this money. But realistically, the Dak Prescott contract was never a bad one. People that, like Danny said before, if you talk about Dak Prescott and you don't like him, the number was always going to be absurd no matter what it is. So for me, it continuously gets better. But from the start, it was always a decent, good contract in my mind anyway. Great point. Kevin says, lesson for NFL teams. If you don't pick up the fifth-year option, don't play him in the fourth year because if you do and you are wrong, it is going to cost you a lot of money on an unproven player. I think that's a good rule of thumb when it comes to the quarterback position specifically. The Cowboys have rolled that dice on two players that they declined the fifth-year options for. Taco Charlton never made it there. But Morris Claiborne and Leighton Vanderish both did return uh, on a second contract for a fifth year, but both were one-year kind of prove-it deals. Mo Claiborne left after that for the New York Jets. We'll see what happens with Leighton Vanderish. But that does kind of transition us um, to our next subject that, uh, to be frank, Danny and LP, you weren't a part of because you um, got to the roundtable planning late in the week. Um, so a uh, little bit of a shout-out to Tony, Chris, and Brandon, who, you know, read the message and who said they could do this and who were here on time. So actually just shame. Shame for LP and Danny. Do you feel like that's fair, LP? That's all good, man. I mean, go ahead. So, so in the lead, right? So it's cool. Go ahead. Danny, do you do you embrace your shame? No, I do not. I think that's just – I can't believe you would call us out like that. Uh, well, you know, um, I don't have answers for you both. Uh, and I have answers for questions I asked, but I do want to say before we start this last um, kind of round of subjects here, uh, we have a four-way tie for second at the moment. Uh, Chris, LP, Brandon, and Danny, you each have 15 points. Tony had 15 but used the word fret. So he's now at 16 points, uh, has the solo lead uh, heading into the final portion uh, of the evening. So I asked Tony, I asked Chris, and I asked uh, Brandon uh, earlier this week to give me one thing that they were pleased, one thing they were pissed, not pleased, whatever about so far this Dallas Cowboys offseason. Very vague, very general sort of things. I have four pulled up for us to discuss because we had other things to get to, obviously. Two pleased. Too not pleased. I'm not going to mention who gave me these answers. Uh, I would like each of you to guess. Uh, so let's go. Tony, since you have the lead, do you want to start with a pleased or not pleased side of the coin? Let's start with pleased. I like positivity. Okay. So um, pleased, the Cowboys tagged Tony Pollard. Danny LP, you will be our guessers since you did not provide any answers. So Danny, which of the other three do you think is pleased that the Cowboys placed the franchise tag on Tony Pollard? Hmm. I'm going to go with Mr. Catalina. You think it was Tony Catalina? LP, who do you think is pleased that the Cowboys tagged Tony Pollard? I was going to say Tony. So you want to you copy. You realize this is a game with points on the line. There's a game to win here, and you want to copy somebody else's answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Pretty foolish because it was not Tony Catalina who was pleased about this. It was Chris Halling who was pleased that the Dallas Cowboys placed the franchise tag on Tony Pollard. It is about $10 million the Cowboys will be paying Pollard coming off the fractured fibula, et cetera. Chris, why are you pleased? Why was this the number one thing for you when it came to this Cowboys offseason as a whole? 
I just think it was a smart decision. I mean, he's coming off of an injury, and at the end of the day, it's. I think it's a good money value for us. I think ten million for Pollard's okay. I don't hate that contract whatsoever. But also, we don't want to make that same mistake that we made with Ezekiel Elliott in extending him long term and then seeing him regress. This gives us a year to really see how he recovers from that injury before we invest big long term money into him. And I just like the decision and it made the most sense to me because the Cowboys were pretty adamant that they were going to use the tag regardless of who it was on, that they were going to use it. It made more sense to me than committing $20 million to Leighton Vander Esch, even if he may be more valuable. It just didn't make sense money wise. Um, I didn't want him to use it on Dalton Schultz. Didn't really want them to use it on Donovan Wilson with our other safeties available uh, with, with Jaron Curse and Malik Coker. So I think it just made the most sense, and Tony Pollard was arguably our most explosive playmaker throughout all of last season, so it's good to have him back, and I feel a lot better heading into 2023 knowing Tony Pollard's going to be on our roster. I believe Blue365 says he's literally the only speed on our team, or I wouldn't want it to happen either. Uh, Tony, you were accused of feeling this way, so number one, how do you feel about that? And number two, um, this is kind of a divisive subject. There are some people that are like, oh, of course, Cowboys are going to pay a lot of money to a running back. Again, the Giants are fine tagging Saquon Barkley, Raiders, Josh Jacobs. So your thoughts on the tag on Tony Pollard in general? You know, I, I think it's the right move for the for the Cowboys, right? I think um, I'm all in on, you know, Ezekiel Elliott has to, I think this is it. I think it's over. I think they, he gets cut here. But I wanted to keep one of the two in there. And I think it's only for them to slowly wean off of a fresh new backfield. I think I didn't want to see them, you know, pull the Band-Aid and have them both gone for this year because I don't know what the running back room would, would look like. You know, it, it puts a lot of strain on the draft and maybe even free agency. So if you keep Tony Pollard in the fold, you at least got him for one more year and I like his dynamic ability like like the commenter said um, he is some of our juice it, the team looked totally different when he went down against the 49ers in the playoffs so I think there is value in having here but I'm not ashamed to say that I'm okay with it being a one and done regardless of really what Tony Pollard looks like I think we have seen what the devalue at the running back position looks like and I think that there is guys I mean I was watching the combine and seeing the running backs and there were like 10 11 guys that I'm like I would love to see him on a Cowboys uniform I think he could help and those are third fourth guys fourth round guys that could really help so um you know as, as far as the cowboys move i think it was a good move but i think it's a bigger picture move to see how this room is going to shake out moving forward danny um i think if if the cowboys offseason was like a presentation that you had to give at work and you had to get like like a laminated cover I, and you had to kind of put like a headlining word i think it would be explosiveness but like that that is the theme of this offseason get more explosive on the offensive side of the ball and so my position on Tony Pollard is like, well, if you let him walk, you are you are down, right? Like you already have very few explosive players. If you let Pollard walk, that number shrinks all the more. I don't want to say the Cowboys were pigeonholed in that sense, Danny Phantom, but they are keeping literally their most explosive playmaker. And it doesn't feel like anybody's really celebrating that. No, I, I agree. I think that it they they are kind of stuck in because you know similar to like what the what the Giants did you know not exercising their fifth year option with uh, with Jones and they would have got a much cheaper if they would have done that. Uh, the Cowboys they they could have gotten Pollard for maybe five million you know if they would have been a little more proactive on it and you know you know give him on a short you know five three year fifteen million or something, but. Now, now, you know, you can't. You're absolutely right. They cannot go without Pollard. You can't just have C.D. Lamb as your only playmaker on offense, you know, the only weapon for deck. So they're stuck. They have to do this. So I feel like they're kind of maybe in the Dalton Schultz situation last year. Let's let's ride this out. Let's rent him for a year. We're going to replenish. Hopefully maybe we can get, 
you know, a nice rookie with fresh legs to to be our lead guy, you know, next year. And then, um, and that will be the end of it, but absolutely. You can't go into 2023 without Tony Pollard and, and with, with what the, what the, what the Cowboys have. So they absolutely must do. You, could you imagine the outrage of Cowboys nation? If we went in the opposite direction and just got rid of one of our most explosive players, it just couldn't happen. So, I mean, they, they, they had no choice, but to bring Pollard back. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brandon, I wanted to wait because you also answered tagging Tony Pollard for your most pleased thing. And I wanted to see if you would if you would jump. I wanted to see if you would be patient if what would happen. So you earned a five point bonus for biting your tongue and not coming after me. That is well done by Brandon Clements. Uh, so you also are enthusiastic about the Cowboys placing the franchise tag on Tony Pollard. Absolutely. I mean, t- Tony Pollard is the most dynamic player on the Cowboys offense. I think for, for 10 million bucks for the season. It's, I think it's a bargain. And then, you know, as, you know, as Chris was saying as well, I mean, he, he's coming off the injury. So it, it, it buys the Cowboys a year to see how Tony does, you know, after the injury, just to see if he's got enough juice to get, you know, get through this year and, and, and still be the effective player that he was in this, this past season. So I think that's a smart move. And then if obviously if everything goes nice and smooth, you can revisit and see where, where, you know, where he stands and see where the tag number is. Cause you know, maybe you tag again, or maybe you, maybe you throw an extra couple of years in, I mean, I also agree with Danny to, in one aspect too, because this is a deep running back class, so you can get some good value at the, you know, in the last, even on day three, there's some guys out there like a Mo Ibrahim. I, I think he's a good player. You know, of course, my Syracuse guy Sean Tucker is another another guy that I'd like to see on the Cowboys. I mean, there, I mean, there's there's literally so many options at running back later in the draft. That's why you know we can just we can sit on it. You got Malik Davis in there. We'll see what happens with Zeke. I, you know, who knows what's going to happen at that point, but. I'm excited to see what Malik Davis is going to do as well, because I think Tony Pollard is going to need, you know, I think, I don't think he needs to carry the ball, you know, 90% of the time, so to speak. I think you can, I think you can run Malik Davis a good chunk of the the time as well, just to save the tread on Tony Pollard as he gets back from recovery and then bring in a running back in the, you know, the day three. And I think that, I think that's a smart move. And then again, $10 million for Tony Pollard. I'm on board all day long. Um. LP, two points that I want to bring up from Watsamata. So first of all, uh, Super Chat. Thank you, Watsamata says, what would you say was Tony Pollard's value on the open market? Less than the tag rate, in my honest opinion. So the question for you first, LP, is do you think Tony Pollard's open market rate would have been less than what he got on the tag, which was effectively $10 million a year? By the APY, yes, I do think so. Because Tony is, what, 26, 
20, 25. Okay. 25. So I'm thinking that Tony could have gotten somewhere in the ballpark of maybe like four for 32, like yeah, four and 32. So eight per season, right? Something like that. And I just want to say this, cause I'm not going to waffle on this. Um, Okay. Because I do think no matter what happens here in the next year or so, if the tag on Dalton Schultz is any evidence whatsoever, they're going to tag the player. They're going to load up on guys at that spot to avoid having to sign the player, which is 100% the right move. And to kind of piggyback with what all you guys said is for Tony, you have to ride him to the dirt to get somebody else. And I think that's going to be the objective. And I think all this stuff, even the, the Kincaid talk, it's all smoke screens. They're probably going to double up on options at receiver running back that are dynamic you guys said already ibrahim i like chase brown from uh illinois so i I think all this makes perfect sense because you just couldn't afford to let him go you Mm. were so devoid of playmaking you couldn't afford to let him go we're sitting here in what november december and we're like sitting there like praising this team for signing ty hilton or talking just talking just talking you guys know know the talking stage right we're just talking Odell Beckham like we're praising things like that so our bar was so low <laughs> that this is what we accept so no they had to bring him back for the tag and, and like I said the valuation on the market would have been probably cheaper but you've already let this thing play out too long anyway so I, I say you tag the guy was the right move hence why I answered with a yes it was Tony but for that purpose tag Tony add more guys and move forward but it would have cost you cheaper had you been more proactive I agree um, and it sounds cold, but if you want to just get a ton of work out of Tony Pard on his franchise tag year, like that's the way you need to be in NFL front office, right? Like we all applauded their decision with DeMarco Murray in 2014 and then not resigning him. And it was like they learned that lesson and then literally flipped to the opposite side of the spectrum by drafting Zeke uh, with the fourth overall pick another year later. Uh, Danny, I actually want to come to you on this. Watsamata had a follow up question, said true or false, the tag rate for the running back is affected strongly by Zeke's contract. This is some incredible irony that I hadn't really considered. Uh, in case anybody's unaware, uh, the franchise tag value is the uh, correct me, Danny, if I misspeak here, the average of the top five highest paid players on an AP or from an APY perspective. Uh, so you're taking the top five highest paid players at that particular position, taking the average, and that is the franchise tag value. Zeke's cap hit for this year is obviously astronomical for a running back. It does technically inflate the tag value for the running back. Danny Phantom. Yeah, it does. It's it's kind of funny that that's the case. Yeah, it goes exactly what you said. It's for the prior year. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, it's that's that's the case. And Zeke, the Cowboys that's are paying, amazing. The, the Cowboys are basically it's costing you know the, the the raiders and the giants and dallas you know a little more because of uh because of what the cowboys did so yeah that's that's that i don't know what to say about that <laughs> uh yeah that is a a real like cut your like it's like cutting your nose off to spite your face and then being like wow sure could use a nose right about now um it's just insane um okay let's um let's go to um a not pleased thing and uh, Danny, LP, you have to guess again, because, again, you were the only two who weren't on time. Uh, so somebody said they were not pleased about the Dak Prescott contract conversation. LP, who do you think it was? Can you give me, like, more content? Like, why would you not be pleased about it? Um, I mean, I don't know why they would say I can't say give it. you more context, because all okay. I wrote down after the person sent it was the Dak Prescott contract conversation. So that's, you know. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm going to say by process of elimination, was it you, Tony? Tony can't answer yet. Uh, Danny, uh, who do you think said this? Um, 
Oh, geez. I don't want to copy LP because he Ooh. did that to me last time. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah. actually, I, I don't know. I, I don't really. It's kind of confusing to me there. So in so that I feel like Brandon sometimes confuses me. So I'm going to go with Brandon. Uh, Brandon actually confused me, and I had to give five bonus points to Chris because Chris's most pleased thing was not tagging Tony Pod. It was only Brandon who answered that. So Chris was a good soldier and went along with it, uh, despite the fact that I got my wires crossed. So I gave you your five bonus points, Chris Holling. Shout out to you. Shout out to Brandon. You were the only person um, who actually had that answer. So I haven't hosted one of these in a while. I'm a little bit rusty, so that's on me. Uh, but the person who was not pleased about the Dak Prescott contract conversation popping up was, in fact, Tony Catalina. So, Tony, offer us the full context, what you believe, et cetera, et cetera, why you are upset about this being a thing. It's funny how quick we forget about news cycles, right? When when Jerry is sitting in his bus for 90 minutes having a conversation about we can't do stuff because we're hamstrung by the quarterback's salary and how we're getting paid. So I'm very frustrated about the fact that Jerry still gives us that BS. He feeds us that line that, you know, when you pay a quarterback this type of money, you got to move and operate differently. I think it's a load of BS. We see teams. I mean, look at the Saints. The Saints get fancy and, and, and tap to, and tap dance around the, the cap and, and they're able to sign Derek Carr and do different things and bring people in. And, and we're still here sitting here begging for, you know, T.Y. Hilton, like LP said. So it's it's it's, it's a funny, it's a frustrating conversation, but it's laughable because we this will be the company line right it's it, not the fact that we paid Ezekiel Elliott 90 million dollars to set the running back room that now we're paying Tony Pollard that number but we're going to blame it on uh, you know Dak Prescott and then we're going to sit here and have Stephen Jones say you know maybe it'll happen overnight we'll get a restructure and we get Dak asking or getting asked about it so the whole conversation about the this is Dak's fault this is the quarterback's fault I think that is the super frustrating part and it seems to be highlighted in Dallas the most Okay, that's good context. By the way, Tony mentioned it, but in case anyone did not see, Dak was at an event today on Tuesday. There was so much happening across the NFL. This kind of flew under the radar. Um, he actually said that same line, as Tony mentioned. He said that he agreed with Stephen Jones that this would probably happen overnight. It feels like everybody is openly admitting uh, that Dak is going to get a contract extension this offseason. So the Daniel Jones contract that we're all laughing at, Brandon, is important. It is important contextually because Dak's price is only going to go out or go up, excuse me, and we talk about Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, quarterbacks who are all eligible for extensions for the first time this offseason. If you wait and let those quarterbacks beat you, and if they establish a new APY, you're going to have to pay Dak Prescott along those lines. So do you, Brandon, not want to see a Dak Prescott extension happen as soon as possible, as Danny Phantom said earlier tonight? I'd like to see the news break after we get off the uh, off the show tonight. It's Actually, Brandon, for content purposes, we want it during the show so that we can react during the show, not after. Well, I can't Go see ahead. it right now, so I, got, I want to see the <laughs> So I want to see by the time I wake up tomorrow. How about that? So I want to see. I want to see it done because, like you said, the, Dan, the Daniel Jones thing just happened. There's other guys that are going to be getting some big contracts, and, and I think at this point, I mean, the Cowboys have already, you know, they've already shot themselves in the foot before, where they could have had a back, you know, right around 35 million. I mean, that's that's still long ago it feels like, but they could have had him at 35 for a little bit there, and they shot themselves in the foot. But if you can do it now and get this deal done in the next 24 hours, I think that's the way to go, and, and just get it. Get it at forty again, even if it, you know, even even if it, you know, you extend them out another two extra years, just to, just to spread it out just a little bit more. That's just going to free money up for other players because we have so many big contracts that are going to be coming up. You know, not, not too far in the future is, is you know, Micah Parsons is going to want a big contract. You know, we also obviously have Trayvon Diggs, C.D. Lamb. There's so many quality players that are going to be looking for contracts. So if we can get Dak into a longer term deal 
We can, you know, the Cowboys are good at moving that money, spreading that money a little bit further back just to keep guys on the roster for the next, you know, year or two. And you, you got to have money ready for guys like Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, because I don't think anybody in this, in this conversation is going to say, oh, I'm okay with, you know, running this whole, letting Dak's contract just kind of run, run its course and we might lose Micah Parsons. I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to say that. So you got to lock up the contract, get a long-term deal done ASAP. Um, I agree with you, uh, Chris. Vance Williams says yesterday's price is not today's price. Talking about Dak Prescott again, you know, forty million dollars a year—that is two years ago price for Dak Prescott. The you know calculus has changed. Kevin notes that Dak isn't going to take the same money after the Watson contract. Chris, is that not going to be the most annoying week across the rest of the offseason? Whenever the Dak extension happens, it is going to be your Instagram comments are going to be all over the place. People saying that Dak isn't worth it. He's getting paid X million for Y interceptions that he threw, et cetera, et cetera. It will be a dark time for Dallas Cowboys fans. Yeah, I already have a lot of people who are big doubters of him and want to get rid of him anyway on my Instagram page. So I can only imagine if he gets a $48 million a year extension or if he gets something along those lines, which honestly would probably be around his value at this point. But I'm sure everyone would just see that number and be like, oh my gosh, we're paying all that money for interceptions or paying all that money without any playoff success. Like at the end of the day, that's business. You have to keep a quarterback. Thank God we have Dak Prescott and we're not going through a Carolina Panthers situation where they're trying to get, you know, like every veteran who they can, like a Baker Mayfield or a Sam Darnold and, and can't find consistency at the quarterback position at the end of the day. I mean, I mean, if you don't like that Prescott, whatever, he is a productive quarterback and we stand the best chance at competing for a Super Bowl with him as our starting quarterback than we would moving on from him regardless of the money. So it's going to be a really annoying week seeing the media and seeing all the trolls posting and commenting, aha, the Cowboys paid Dak this much money. But at the end of the day, the only thing that will shut him up is a Super Bowl. So let's hope that that can lead us to that. Uh, LP, uh, a game I like to play on different podcasts and stuff is where does Dak Prescott rank among quarterbacks in the NFC? I think we're all we'll all admit if you if 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 somebody wanted to rank Jalen Hurts number one, I don't think any of us are like in the mood to hard press against that right now. We could certainly make that argument, fight that fight, but for the purposes of moving on in an expedited fashion, Jalen Hurts is number one. So the conversation starts at two. Who else is number two in the entire NFC right now on Tuesday, March seventh? Your options quickly are Daniel Jones, I guess Sam Howell, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, or maybe Jordan Love, Justin Fields, Kyle Trask, I suppose, Derek Carr, whatever Panthers quarterback, as Chris noted, uh, maybe Desmond Ritter, Brock Purdy, or Trey Lance, take your pick, Matthew Stafford, who's won a Super Bowl. Many people will tell you, obviously, and use that as a trump card. Geno Smith now has the extension with Seattle, or Kyler Murray. Is, is Dak not second? First. LP, you're muted. Just I think you're muted or something. Not bad. Happened. Not, not, okay, bad, not bad. He's two, right? He's he's a he's a firm two. And again, people that don't like Dak Prescott, it's on you. And as uh, the saying in the song goes, that they want to hate, let them hate and watch the money pile up because you, you have to pay the quarterback. Simple as that. Quarterbacks have to be paid. With Dak Prescott this time around, I say get him under contract. And I never liked the four year contract. I felt that was too short, and you would be right back at the table once again, way too early for my taste. He won. He won. Yeah. he won. But they tried to win, too. And this, like, money mud wrestling that they like to do with the quarterbacks and all their players, just save yourself the trouble. Pay Dak Prescott. And, again, if it's six years and $48 million, it is what it is. You pay the quarterback. You secure the assets. You always secure your assets, at least the most valuable one in sports. Take the quarterback one time over. But I will say this, though. For people that don't like Dak Prescott, that he's not good enough to win a Super Bowl, I want you guys to acknowledge this one thing. 
if he's not good enough to win by himself, then you must acknowledge that they don't have enough around Dak Prescott. And I feel like that's like, I don't see how that's hard not to grasp. I, I just don't get that part. Like, how is that? How do you not see this? <laughs> how do you not get that they're devoid of talent, but we have to blame the quarterback? Well, they elevate things. No, they don't. The To your they point, LP, uh, like a phenomenon that I find interesting is people, people in the same breath will say McCarthy sucks. He's terrible. He doesn't know what he's doing. Kellen Moore was terrible. A horrible play caller. Runs nothing but curl routes. Uh, I, Chris, I know you're not a fan of Kellen Moore, but like that's besides the point. Dak sucks. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Turns the ball over. He has nobody around him, blah, blah, blah. Yet they are consistently one of the highest performing offenses in the – like what is it? Like what, what is the thing that doesn't suck? Like how, how are they year in and year out literally among the best offenses in the NFL – if everybody is trash, it's impossible. It's actually literally impossible. So, um, I, to I don't them, know. everybody is trash, but Zeke for some reason. <laughs> Mind you, when they're doing good, when they're doing good, right? If the Cowboys are playing well, their offensive line is the best. Their receiving core, the weapons are amazing. So it's like it's discrediting. And then when you want to say something good, it's oh they stink or they can't get it done. So they or they, the team suck. Have, or, the yeah. suck. or Cooper Rush was um, kind of the propelling and yeah. motivating factor. Uh, Danny, not a Dak question, but Watson Mata offered us a super chat. Since we could get the lowest 20, 23 cap hit on Zeke by signing a cheap extension. But dear God, no, no, no. Danny, uh, quickly, if the Cowboys extended Zeke, how would you feel? Terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow. Well said. Okay, we have one more pleased and one more not pleased. We have to fly through these a little bit quickly. Because uh, this has been such a lively discussion. Again, I'm a little bit, you know, kind of bad at hosting roundtables now. I will be back next week, by the way, in the middle of free agency. Uh, let's stay on that, please, so we can end on a positive note. Danny, who do you think said this between Tony, Chris, and Brandon? The thing they are most displeased, pissed, upset about, Leighton Van Der Esch and Donovan Wilson are going to hit free agency. In all likelihood, they could te- technically get new deals, obviously, before next week, but they are officially, obviously, not getting the franchise tag. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Brandon again. Okay, so your guess is Brandon. LP. Chris. LP gets points for that. It was Chris. Chris, I got this one right. I double-checked my notes. You said that you are most upset about the Cowboys not having deals done with Leighton Van Der Esch or Donovan Wilson. You believe these two players are essential, I guess. Yeah, I think they're very essential. I mean, Donovan Wilson just led the team in tackles this past season, and Leighton Van Der Esch is like the leader, you know, like the mental leader on that defense. And to me, it just really bothers me because Jerry Jones traded Amari Cooper because of a cap situation, correct? And we freed up money from that, and we're still not applying that money, it feels like. It just seems like it seems like we just don't know how to manage a cap situation at all because like there's no reason why either of those players should be hitting free agency in my opinion and i don't and you know and, and like i said i didn't want either of them to get the tag but i felt like at least one of them would get signed before free agency started and and i'm saying this in regards to that i've seen a lot of like you know i've seen a lot of different reports about how they are going to find bigger deals in free agency and that's why they can't bring them back is it is that they don't think that they can afford them and that just really I don't know. It just bothers me because those like if they are not on the team heading into next season, then I feel so much less confident and it really doesn't matter who they replace them with. I mean, I mean, like maybe you could replace them with a Bobby Wagner and he could fit in and be pretty good. But like Layton is such a such an important piece to our defense. He's such an important piece to all the young guys on the defense. I felt like Damone Clark played better when when Layton Vandrash was on the field. I feel like all these young guys played better and it's just 
it just bothers me that we could potentially lose if not one both of them so yeah it's very uh concerning for me and i think if the cowboys want to compete for a super bowl next season they need both of these guys back brandon i mean and the fun fact lv and and and, uh, and Donovan wilson are one two in tackles on the team this year just just in case people forget so i mean that's it is a big loss chris i i, I agree with you I, I would like obviously i'd love to have them both back but uh, unfortunately, they're they're probably both going to get bigger contracts elsewhere, and you know we you know unfortunately the Cowboys cap situation is what it is. It's time to you know unfortunately they're going to walk. I feel like that's that's the unfortunate reality. Danny, uh, a year ago we were all collectively saying, "Why are you waiting to pay J. Ron Curse? He's absolutely going to get paid. He's absolutely going to leave this team. He's absolutely going to walk." Lo and behold, J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker both return, and not only both return, but both returned on two-year deals. So they're both here on another, obviously, you know, year part as part of their contract. Like, is is it possible? And Chris, I understand your point. Like, the Cowboys should have taken care of this, as Danny mentioned with Tony Pard. Maybe you gotten ahead of this a year ago, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but Danny, is it not possible that the Cowboys are, are playing a little bit of poker? Right? Hey, Leighton, Dono. Go test the open market. Go see what you can get. And if you can't, we'll be here. We'll be waiting. We'll keep the locker set. We won't even take anything. Your name plate down. We'll talk then. Yeah, it is. And honestly, the Cowboys play poker pretty well. I mean, people will criticize them because they just don't like this move versus that move. But Dono's going to get overpaid. I mean, I know everyone loves Dono, and he's a good player, but he's not going to be worth his contract. I mean, I don't, I don't know what he's going to get. If he gets six-plus, He's not going to be worth it to me. Um, there, there's some limitations with it, with his game that's you know that will be exploited in a non-Dan Quinn defense. So I'm not I'm not honestly not going to lose any sleep over Wilson moving on. And honestly, as much as Vander Esch, I think he's he's played put together a couple of good years, but it all comes down to what his asking price is too. I mean, there's the Cowboys should not have signed these guys any earlier. They shouldn't mm-hmm. have. It would have been really irresponsible because Wilson hasn't been playing this consistent until this this last year. And Vanderesh, I mean, he's he's one hit away from being done. So honestly, I don't blame the Cowboys for being cautious with this. I think they're handling it the you know the best way they can. Um, and this is this is what you have to deal with. We all talked about how great we Dak Prescott is, but he does cost money. And the Cowboys, you know, they have to be sp- responsible with the way they. They approach things, and I, I, you know how I feel. I don't have an issue with it, and I'm not going to, you know, come criticize the team for being um, responsible. And I don't want the Cowboys to spend their rent money on lottery tickets and, and doing crazy stuff in free agency. So, to me, I like how the Cowboys are doing this, and I mean, I, I, I expect these players to find new homes. Tony, will you be devastated if one of or both of these players leave the Cowboys, or will you, you know, be kind of bummed but understand like, hey, that's that's the cost of being good. Like event, you can't keep, and you shouldn't want to keep everybody, right? You shouldn't want to just bring the whole band back because like the people love to throw that quote out, Tony, when it's convenient, right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Well, you can't, you can't not apply that statement if you're literally doing the same thing on the defensive side of the ball. Right. And I think I would be upset for different reasons. I think I appreciate Donovan Wilson's game, so I'd miss that. But I would be encouraged by the fact that we can weather that storm because of how the safety room is now. There's some young, exciting guys that are there and some of the established veterans. We haven't had this type of feeling in that safety room for a very long time. So I feel good about that. The Donovan Wilson one would stink, but you'd we'd be able to get over that. The Leighton Van Dash one, to me, is a little more dicey, and it's less about Leighton Van Dash and more about the room as a whole. I think they're, the linebacker room, and I know it's March, I know it's 
it's pre-free agency and pre-the draft. But that linebacker room has a lot of question marks and a lot of holes to be filled in. And I thought Leighton Vander Ash put his best foot forward this year. And I think he had earned an option or an opportunity at least to be around here. If the number, like Danny said, is correct and we can get in within a reasonable number because he earned a payday. But at the same time, it's got to make sense for the Cowboys. I'd be, I'd be willing to bring him back. But to answer your, your question more directly, yeah, I'd be upset, but for different reasons. LP, you talked about, obviously, how the Cowboys tagged Dalton Schultz a year ago and then drafted Jake Ferguson, found Peyton Hendricks had an undrafted free agency. In that sense, they were prepared. They were looking a year down the road saying, what happens if we don't tag Dalton Schultz or bring him back, whatever. Well, the Cowboys drafted Damone Clark, and we all thought, like, oh, boom, like, redshirt year. That's the guy to fill in for Leighton Vanderish when he walks in free agency, and we obviously got more out of Damone Clark his rookie season than we ever thought possible. So are the Cowboys not prepared? I mean, like, I don't think we're pumped about the linebacker situation specifically if Leighton Vanderish walks, but they have Damone Clark. Jabril Cox still exists. I mean, plus they could bring in Bobby Wagner or a different veteran free agent to help fill that void. I mean, I'm looking at the list right now as we speak for linebackers. I mean, I've always been a fan of Anthony Walker as a middle linebacker. They can play downhill, fill some holes. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are available, even on the higher end side. You have guys like Tremaine Edmonds, who's available, uh, Bush uh, from Pittsburgh. It's a lot of different guys that can fall in line. But I like what Dan had said as far as the uh, the medicals. If the medicals don't clear, then all of a sudden he could even go visit a team. They check him out, say, eh, we don't know about you. And that might happen. So I feel like with him, he's probably harder to replace. But at the same time, you understand if his market isn't what you think it is based on his injury history. Now, as far as Dono, I, I think they might be prepping Marquise Bell for a bigger role next season, and maybe that's what the whole ticket is. So I think you can actually replace Donovan Wilson. And again, man, I might have to give my points to Dan tonight because she, I mean, the point he made about Dono being uh, exposed in a different scheme where he's not near the box, has to play in coverage, that might not be a strong suit if he gets paid a lot of money. With a lot of money comes a lot of expectations to do a lot more than what he's being paid to do right now. So by that means, if he gets overpaid, let him walk, let him leave, take your comp pick, and stick it in your pocket. So um, I'm not mad at all about that. Not mad at all, man. Well, LP is cheering for Danny, it seems, to win this roundtable. We have one final point to go. And on the subject of points, we have a one, two, three, four-way tie for first place. Chris, LP, Brandon, and Danny each have 45 points. Tony, you had the one-point lead coming into this section of the conversation. You now trail everybody. You have 44 points to their 45 This is the last thing. One pleased thing. And on a positive note, somebody said that they are pleased by the fact that the Cowboys are talking about making a big move, uh, saying that that is encouraging. Danny, you know the drill. Who do you think said that? Oh, man, it's got to be someone who would get suckered into thinking that. (laughs) um, Oh, wow. Um, And now after I've said that, I don't even want to (laughs) pick. Um. Who is the most hopeful of this group? Uh, man, I don't know. I've been picking on Brandon a lot, so I'm, I'm not going to say it. So it's probably him. Um, um, I don't know. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Tony because, I mean, I know he would be happy if he knew that was a real thing. <laughs> LP, who do you think um, is most pleased by the rumor that the Cowboys are considering making a big move of sorts? Only because he got real still when you asked the question, and now he's rocking kind of back and forth. It's Brandon. Um, wow, that was some interesting logic that you both had. Um, now, to be fair, the verbiage I got, because I did copy and paste this in my notes, it said, even if it's a lie, 
I would like to believe they're actually looking to make a big uh. move. It's better than the usual pie and counting penny stuff we usually hear. And that was said to me by Tony Catalina. Tony, hey. talk about a poker face. You, you deceived me, man. <laughs> wow, Tony, that was tough. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, we've been we've been fed pie, so much pie, like it's Thanksgiving. Like, I'm so tired of it. The, tie, the pie talk, I'm all set with it. Um, I just... Listen, this is me, and I can be wrong, and I can get crushed in the comments, and people come at me on the show all they want, but, like, Jerry Jones is 80 years old. My man was f- trying to find anything. T.Y. Hilton, Jerry Judy, Brandon Cooks, OBJ. Like, I've never seen him, or at least in recent memory, like, be so all-in on trying to make an immediate move. And I think part of that is because they slipped, stumbled, and fell into a decent football team last year. I don't know if they expected to be as competitive as they were, especially with the Cooper Rush situation and the defense playing the way they were. I don't think anybody, like, I don't know if they truly believed that they would go 12-5 and in back-to-back seasons, to be honest with you. So I think they felt that, through the season, they got closer than they actually thought they were going to be. Now they're sitting at a point now where it's like, okay, I'm not getting any younger. Dak Prescott's contract. I mean, he's not, he's finally be 30 years old. Like there is situations and context clues that make me feel like, okay, there is people and moves to be made. Jerry Jones keeps alluding to this. And I mean, for him to say, this is going to be a big move. It better not be for like Matt Gay or like, you know, Robbie gold. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just can't sit here and think that's what he's saying. Why would you keep, I know it's Jerry Jones, so I shouldn't ask why does he keep running his mouth, but why would you keep running your mouth about this big move? And we respect Michael Gelklin. Michael Gelklin's a friend of the show. He's been on the pod. For him to come out there, I don't think he's going to put his his neck on the line and say some, some crazy thing that doesn't have some merit to it. So for me, I think there's some real validity for the first time, and if I'm wrong, guess what? It wouldn't be the first time. Chris, are you with Tony? Are you kind of willing to say, you know what? Why not? Why why couldn't it be the big move? I mean, hey, like the the chatter is there. And to be clear, the the report not not to come for Gelkin because you're right, Tony. One of the more credible people who covers the Cowboys on the local beat was literally that the Cowboys are focused on making an impact addition. But that was kind of it. Like there was no real. De- it was basically Chris like saying the Cowboys are focused on adding a very good football player to their team. Again, high level of breaking news there. But do you buy Chris Holling that there is some smoke or fire happening here? I, I honestly think so, because this front office has shown, I think, a little bit more aggression, especially even this offseason right after we lost to the 49ers. I mean, this team just had a 12-win season, and how many assistant coaches got let go? How many assistant coaches mm-hmm. did they move on from? They got rid of Kellen Moore, even though statistically, even though I don't necessarily appreciate him as much as some people on this roundtable, he was a really good statistical offensive coordinator, and they're, they're putting all their faith in Mike McCarthy heading forward, so I think that Jerry Jones is really like trying to say it like, you know, like the time is now. So now what his definition of a big move is, I don't know if that big move is Odell. And I don't know if that's just going to be the big move that we see this offseason. But I would hope that we get some kind of alert, something that we may have been like, no way the Cowboys would do this. And they do it. It would just be awesome. Like maybe, maybe there's some truth to this DeAndre Hopkins rumor. I mean, the financials kind of don't make a lot of sense to me how that could work, but Maybe, you know, like, you know, like maybe we add a a veteran talented player and Jerry Jones is aggressive because, I mean, like Tony said, his time, you know, I mean, like he is getting older and he definitely wants to see this team win another ring. So I think that they've shown a lot of aggression this offseason and they've been trending into that direction of wanting to make a big move and wanting to do something impactful. So it's not like the Cowboys 
to do something like this. I know that. Trust me, I'm painfully aware. But I am actually a little more hopeful this offseason than previous offseasons. That's a great point. The accountability that we kind of saw them show would suggest a, you know, a level of taking it seriously, et cetera, et cetera. Right before we started the roundtable, to your point, Chris, Johnny Venerable tweeted out that the Cowboys are monitoring the trade market for Arizona Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. Um, again, that's kind of a, a casual thing. LP, are are you willing to go this far? Are, are you willing to get hurt again? I mean, this this does have the makings of like um, the the Battle of Winterfell episode of Game of Thrones where we were like, no, I know the season has been terrible, but this is it. The Night King is finally at Winterfell. It's going to be epic. And then it sucks. Like, what? where do you fall? Man, that show sucked so bad. <laughs> it was great Jeez. up until the end, obviously. But yeah, I mean, it was, was flat. Well, look, man, in, in true Cersei behavior from Steven and Jerry, uh, I'm not buying it, man. Because like, like you had said, like your definition of big, what is big? An older, what now, 10-year veteran, DeAndre Hopkins, that's going to get me all worked up? No, it's not going to work. <laughs> Odell, okay, we had a whole parade for Odell Beckham. Do this, like, floor seats at, at a Mavs game, and everyone's like, please sign, Odell, please sign. Who's one, one NFL year younger than Hopkins, by the way, to your point about, like, DeAndre's age. And you want me to get gassed up about that? I mean, I, I'm not telling you to get like, look, unless you're going to acquire a player in his prime, you're going to pay substantial money. I'm not saying do a, a Roy Williams deal. I'm not saying that or a Galloway thing. I'm not saying that. But if you're going to pay substantial money to somebody, go do it. Like, look, make an A.J. Brown trade. Go do that. That's not that crazy. If that's your big move, you want to get a guy on, on the rise that's young, like like an Amari deal again? Sure. But for me to trade like a fifth round pick for a veteran? Nah, man, I'm not buying that. And I. If you guys are gassed up about it, then maybe y'all drank the Kool-Aid, but nah, I'm sober on this one. I'm, I'm not buying none of that stuff. I'm sorry. Uh, before we keep going, Tony, you want to have a rebuttal here? Yeah, it's it's not LP because I know LP's takes come from like validity and really thought out. But this how this fan base is super funny to me because this will the fan base to tell you make a move, do this move, and then you're like, nah, that move's not big enough. That move's not good enough. Well, Tony, the, Hopkins the, doesn't work. Well, the, like, the clapback, the clapback against that here specifically is like them touting it as a big move. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's that's why. Like, I I do think it is fair right now for the collective to feel that way I, to your point like they signed ty hilton in you know in december and people are like crapping on that like dude well it's december like you know have some context like you can't go make a big move then but you're talking like it's going to be a b big move this is the time of year where you can make a big move you're in a position to make a big move all the stars line up for it to be a big move so it can't fall flat i agree that obj wouldn't be a big move i think that's a medium-sized move but i do think even at 32 deandre hopkins could change the complexion of this offense i mean it may be for a year or two but i think right now he could really help this team mm, maybe the context of what is big really is an indication at how small the cowboys currently are not what the move necessarily would be brandon we've got two um that are drinking the kool-aid tony and chris are, are passing the bottle back and forth between themselves the big you know kind of uh like curvy vase or vase of kool-aid the kool-aid man's running through the wall lp's like nah i'm good i'm chilling i don't want anything to do with that where do you fall brandon i'm drinking my water that's see so you're chilling I, too you don't yeah, buy I'm it chilling. I'm not buying it either. I, I, Jerry Jones to me has always been a he's been a used car salesman. I just I don't buy anything he's he's putting out there right now. But if there is a, a deal to be made, you, you're throwing we, we've been throwing around you know certain players and ages and contracts. If you want to throw players and contracts and everything involved here, 
I, I'm got, I'm game for Kyle Pitts. I know we talked about tight ends earlier. Kyle Pitts is in his he's in his prime. The contract numbers, you know, it's it's, it's you know the hits not that big not that big compared to the D Hop kind of a deal or even a Brandon Cooks kind of deal. And he's you know he's he's working his way up. He's 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 still a very young talented player. At the end of the day, it just depends on what what would it take to get Kyle Pitts at this point, and that's to be seen. So if there was a big move to be made, that might be the one that you know would make me you know very happy with the move because. I don't, I'm not a big fan of, 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 of throwing a bunch of draft picks and a money and money around at guys that are getting up there. They're, you know, they're on the back nine on the golf course, so to speak. I'd rather go after a young guy who's got, who, who's just gotten the league in the last two years, his contract is, and he's still under control for, he's got two more years. He has a fifth year option. And again, the cap hit is not that big. And, he, and, and, and Kyle Pitts to me, and I, I don't care. I, I'll say it right here. Kyle Pitts to me is a unicorn. I think he's. I think he's a. I think he's a supremely talented tight end, and I think the, the sky's the limit for this for this kid. And I think he's going to be one of the better tight ends in the league in a, in, in the short term here coming up. And if the Cowboys can 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 strike a deal with the Falcons, that would be the deal. But any other deal, I just don't see happening. Danny Phantom, we have two fours and two against. Break the tie. Optimism, negativity, hope, sunshine, rainbows, dark, gloomy rain clouds. Up to you. Well. Uh, you, you already know where I'm at on this one. I mean, but uh, I, I kind of feel like this is like a couple weeks into free agency. Jerry Jones is a come come in and just pass out ice cream sandwiches, and everyone's going to be like, "Is this our big surprise?" And because uh, you know, it's not going to happen. We we know there's not going to be a big move. Now, maybe in his mind, he thinks he's going to make a big move, you know, and it's, it's almost like, you know, George Costanza. If, if you believe it, it's not a lie. So I think that maybe. The, the Cowboys front office might in in their own head think that they're going to make a some kind type of um, difference making move this offseason, but come on, it's not going to happen. We're so, I mean, we all just let's we just let's reel it back in so we're all not disappointed together. We don't want to we don't want to you know find out later that's like well, what's our move and then it's nothing because we know it's not going to happen. The Cowboys we know how the Cowboys operate. It would be so uncharacteristic of them to throw draft capital and they, we know that they are working under these budget constraints and they're not going to be doing things reckless. So it just it would be so out of character from for them to do it. There's nothing that tells me this is going to happen. So just put it out of our mind. Uh, when I was in LP, you have a point. Sorry, cash out a question. Just real quick question, right? Would you guys rather do the Hopkins trade with draft picks or would you guys rather take a Keenan Allen free agent cut and a JS like a Smith and Jigba like like draft pick? Anything with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like any any path that includes I know you him. like him. I know yeah, you like him. Any path. I'm just, I'm just saying I, I would I look if, if I'm not going to spend the draft capital, I'd rather take Keenan Allen to work, come on in, be that third down receiver, be that slot option. And if, if JSN falls on the board to you guys, excellent, no problem, no questions asked. I'd rather do that and trade extra draft capital for a guy that got suspended last year, a guy that's kind of, I think is kind of on the downswing. That's just me. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Just want to throw that out there. Chris. I would personally rather, I mean, apparently the reports are saying that the Cardinals kind of want like a second round pick kind of deal. I'd rather go all in and win now personally. I mean, yeah. I mean, unless you're guaranteeing JSN, like as well as a Keenan Allen, then cool. But if you're just comparing signing Keenan Allen, signing Keenan Allen after he's kind of, you know, been going downhill to me feels like a typical Jerry Jones. Like, oh, I just want to, you know, like see if I can find lightning in a bottle kind of situation. DeAndre Hopkins to me is a guy who instantly comes in and compliments CeeDee Lamb extremely well. He gives that kind of a jump ball guy. He gives some more 
you know, like he gains more attention from the defense than I think a Michael Gallup or even the third wide receiver option. So I would rather go all in now and trying to win and maximize trying to win now because that's what we need to do. Like, like right now, especially since the NFC feels pretty open, in my opinion, with a healthy Cowboys roster. Brandon, then Tony. Danny, to Danny's point, when to after we get ice cream anyways. I'm, I'm excited for that if it's, uh, if it's vanilla. But I, I think DeAndre Hopkins for a second-round pick, I mean, he's on the back nine of his career. I mean, I get, I get Chris's point that he's all, you know, going all in. But, I, you know, there's a few receivers in the first round in the draft that I think would be very, you know, very good. I think JSN's good. You know, I, I'm an Addison guy. You know, if, if we can get one of those guys in, I'm, I'm completely happy as a compliment to CD Lamb. Tony. I mean, I, I keep, I hate keep dogging on the fan base, but like we're sitting here in the last couple of weeks where I've had fans tell me like they're not in on Jalen Ramsey, they're not on DeAndre Hopkins, but like we're hyping up T.Y. Hilton and we're like, you know, it just, it, it blows my mind. Like Jonathan Hankins is a must resign now, but like we couldn't possibly see a world where Jalen Ramsey might be worth it or DeAndre Hopkins might be worth it. It just, I don't know if we've, we just got into this like Eeyore type of mentality. Like, well, I guess we just won't do anything. We'll just be middle of the pack. And it's just, it's tiring to me. Um, to your point, sort of Tony, Jonathan Hankins was a player who they traded for at like the week before the deadline. And they never got any credit for that. Like th that was the week before the deadline. And then like the Tuesday of the deadline, people were like, well, of course the Cowboys aren't going to do anything. It was like, they traded for a dude. They trade. They had a need at, at interior and defensive line. They and now they traded for a guy. To your point, Tony, that a lot of people are like you have to re-sign Jonathan Hankins. He was that pivotal. He was that critical. Uh, my only take on this uh, before I wrap us up here is I think we need to slow down with the like what would actually be a big move thing. Um, I recognize we've all been hurt. We've all been scarred. We're very frustrated. But the Cowboys can't win the Super Bowl tomorrow. They can't win the Super Bowl with any trade. They cannot do anything that is going to erase all of our frustration so why not if they sign odell or if they sign a cut keenan allen or if they trade for deandre hopkins or whatever the case may be why not say you know what they did something you know what they took one step forward let's let's acknowledge that let's recognize that let's applaud them for that we don't have to hang a banner but we can recognize that they are moving forward lp I'm good, man. Oh, I thought you raised your hand. All right. So uh, we are in an interesting situation here. Uh, we have five of you, and we have a five-way tie for first place with 55 points apiece. I don't know if you guys uh, want to see that. Everybody has 55 points. Uh, so instead of having a shared title here tonight, uh, we're going to do the survivor style. Um, everybody's going to vote for somebody who they think should win. And there are five of you. So if you can't reach a consensus, nobody wins. And we all just wasted over an hour of our lives uh so danny let's start with you who should win the round table and why you know what i'm gonna actually go with lp because you know he said a lot of things i agree with and he also agreed with a lot of things i said so i think that's a great alliance forming right there so that's that's who uh is getting my nod tonight okay chris who should win the round table you can vote for yourself to be very clear here yeah, yeah, no, I'm voting for myself. I gave the best <laughs> oh, answer. you say that I after I go. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm definitely voting for me. Okay, so that's one for Chris, one for LP. Uh, this is a majority win. Uh, so, uh, Brandon, who should win tonight? Well, I guess I'm voting for myself, apparently. So. Uh, wow, okay, so we've, <laughs> we've got a vote for Brandon. We've got a vote for Chris, a vote for LP. Tony, who should win tonight's roundtable? I can't believe Danny's going to be the only one who doesn't vote for himself. <laughs> Is that you so saying me, that you're going to vote for yourself? That's a pretty good uh, in, uh, good thought there to think of that. So, yes, I'm voting for myself. 
All right. So we have one vote for Tony, one vote for Chris, one vote for Brandon, one vote for LP. LP, you have the last vote. So what do you want to do here? I mean, take take it, LP. Take it. Nah, take it. nah man. It's like winning by disqualification, man. You know what? We'll just tie it up, man. I'm giving it to Dan. Phantom of the blog. You got it, man. Wow. So I did not intend for there to be a five-way tie. RJ, RJ, you break, break the tie. Say, RJ. RJ has the breaking vote. Break it. Um, All right, I'll take it. I'll take the But one. you cannot vote for any of us. Um, <laughs> How about a commenter? How about that? Um, I'll give the commenters one minute to decide who should win. Uh, the live audience that is here. So actually, the first person who comments somebody's name, the first live commenter who comments somebody's name is the winner. I'm doing my best to um, stall. So I, I don't know. This is kind of like a, like a spinning of the... Like, and we'll see who somebody decides uh, should be the most important person here. Um, oh, here we go. Um, yeah. Watson, Watson oh, Mata said, excellent move, LP. Kevin said LP. That was the first comment. Tony, you jumped the gun. Um, I always do. <laughs> and you celebrated too early. Um, LP. Kevin was first, said LP. Just so we're clear, Scott said Tony. George said dude in the top right. So, Chris, uh, maybe you want to change your Twitter bio. Uh, Rachel said Tony, a little bit biased here. Man, Tony, you know, maybe Rachel should maybe a little bit more objective. That's all I'm saying. You know, it can't always be Tony. That's right. You know, What's said Dan Matthew said Tony um again it's family show I love uh their own choice all you great show uh Byrne said Tony Lamar said Tony Damon said all Rick said Tony got a lot of votes Brandon do you feel like we should give it back to Tony Jeez, I feel like I'm left out of this. I didn't see one of me. Jeez. Um, wow well no love, no love tonight wow. we, knew, we knew the rules back to back wins LP Cruz LP how do you feel and you know what, LP? You deserved it because you were the only one who was selfless, who didn't choose themselves when you could have. I mean, Dan didn't, but I mean, honestly, well, Dan man, didn't know. We don't know uh -oh. that Dan would, wouldn't have done it if he had known. Uh, and cool, that, and we will never know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh, Brandon, by the way, Scott says you get no votes for wearing green. You have not learned your lesson around here, Brandon. Oh, you wear God, the Eagles colors a lot. Wow, I LP, back-to-back uh, -back wins. Who do you want to thank? Um, and what are you currently watching on Netflix? One, Castlevania. That show is awesome. Okay. Uh, two, I mean, you guys have had me on as always. This is a fun time. Uh, Chris, great points, man. You probably could have took the belt also. And, of course, the fans, man. We're not only here because you guys, you know, give us the spotlight to be here. So, once again, thanks to the fans, the commenters, everybody on YouTube, and, of course, RJ for hosting. Wow. Um, I missed hosting, and I'll be back next week. Like I said, it will be after the second day of legal tampering. Um, so you guys can all return. I know we have some other people who are slated to return as well. It will be a fun show. Hopefully we have some news, obviously, uh, with regards to the Cowboys. But since I haven't been here in a while, uh, it's kind of like riding a bike, and um, you, you just kind of do what feels natural to you. So, Tony, um, I'm going to have you make a random noise. And I actually would like you to make the noise of um, – of Shrek finding out that Daniel Jones is making as much money per year as Dak Prescott. Man, I haven't watched that in like 20 years. Um, okay, that's great. That's not what I asked for. I asked for something very I specific. I don't even know his voice. I think Brandon's a Shrek guy. Brandon, take it I, away. No, Brandon, you're, you're already wearing green. You already have the Shrek, Perfect. you know, kind of visual going. So, Brandon, I'm sorry, Tony, this is yours. Don't, don't shy from it, Tony. This is your moment to shine. I'll do it. <sighs> Yeah, look at this. Tony. I, I do it. That's a winner mentality, right I there. I mean, 
Hey, they paid the Dos Foyman does. Hey, what is this? 